Well, good morning, everybody. It's so great to have you all here. Whether you're joining us on site or online, you're so welcome. My name is Alex, and I'm the student minister here at Andover Baptist Church. And it is a real privilege to be speaking to you all today and continuing this series all about the next chapter that we feel God is writing for our church community. And we're really excited about that here at ABC. So last week, uh, Chris kicked off this uh, series and he spoke about how we can follow Jesus more closely by knowing God, by living as Jesus lived and by loving others. And today I'm going to be looking at how we can encounter God more deeply and more regularly. Life is busy, isn't it? I imagine for most of us that is the case. It is busy and it can be full of distractions. For many of us, our daily routines are at the mercy of various timetables and schedules that are often packed to the brim. Nowadays, it's even common that people have to actually schedule in downtime or perhaps time with family. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen. Maybe you're like me, I'm always setting reminders on my phone of things that I need to do in the future. And sometimes I often actually get quite annoyed because these are constantly going off at me throughout the day and nagging at me. But if I didn't have them, I probably would forget to do those things. And it can be difficult, can't it, to spend a focused amount of time doing anything when our phones and devices are constantly going off, notifying us of their activity as if it's more important than whatever we might be doing at that moment in time. But the truth is that we have probably become quite reliant on all of these sort of systems and structures and apps, haven't we? Actually, if life is busy, as it is for most of us, we need them, don't we, to kind of organize our times. We need those schedules, otherwise life would just be chaotic, and that would be even worse. I wonder how many of you here listening or watching, joining us today, rely on things like calendars, scheduling apps, and various systems. Maybe you even have multiple calendars that run your life. I'll be honest, I do like a bit of organization, uh, so I am grateful to some of these systems, but I can actually spend unnecessary amounts of time on things like organizing my emails and filing things and updating my calendar, rewriting my to-do list. I like to have all of that neat and organized as well. But actually, I do this so much so that I can easily forget the point of what all these things are for. I forget that actually these systems are there to help me enjoy my life. They're there to help me create some order and to get more out of my time by that order and structure. And there's clearly a need, isn't there, for some routine and structure in our lives. These are good things. But I wonder if sometimes these things can get in the way of what's actually important. I wonder if maybe the rules or routines that we live our lives by can be a distraction in themselves. And also with these kind of busy scheduled lives, it can become incredibly easy to just schedule something into our diary without really thinking about its value. And I think with this approach, we can easily become very task orientated. In fact, society encourages us to do that everything becomes an activity for us in our lives. Anything from doing a piece of work, maybe attending a business meeting, to meeting up with a family member or a friend. 
even our faith can become an activity. Something we've scheduled in for an hour or so on a Sunday morning, perhaps an evening in the week, or maybe a few minutes each day. You know, 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth, things were not all that different, probably because human nature is not all that different. Yes, they may not have had all the technology that we have today. The pace of life was undoubtedly a bit slower. They didn't have all these various apps and calendars and systems and schedules running their lives. But they still had to abide by various rules and routines and systems, actually, especially when it came to faith and religion. Jesus lived as a Jewish man. Uh, he grew up in a Jewish society at a time when the Roman Empire uh, occupied many nations, including his homeland. There were various sort of competing systems of rules and regulations between the Roman authorities and the sort of Jewish puppet leaders under Roman governance. And also there was the Jewish religious leaders who had immense authority over their people. And there was this prominent, very prominent and powerful group of religious leaders at the time called the Pharisees. And actually they were known to be real sticklers for the rules. For them, their faith was about keeping God's commands and abiding by religious law. And their law was particularly strict. Not only did they uphold the 613 commands that are found in their scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, which is largely the Old Testament part of the Bible that we have today, but they actually added more. In fact, they added hundreds of more commands and rules to their system of faith. I think if you could have seen the sort of weekly schedule of a Pharisee, it would have been completely full of various religious activities, rituals, and routines. And interestingly, it's this very group of people that Jesus has various run-ins with during his time on earth. Because Jesus was not all about the rules. He cared about relationship. He cared about how people treated each other. And he cared about their relationship with God. And actually this made uh, the Pharisees incredibly angry with him on various occasions. And even though Jesus uh, was the son of God, you know, he was God in human flesh who came down to earth to live amongst us. You know, this group of religious leaders, so many of them just would not believe that to be the truth. The very God they claimed to worship was stood right before them and they didn't believe it. Because how could they believe in a God that would be so complacent about things like rules and regulations? How could they believe in a God that would be so dismissive of their busy sort of schedules of religious activities? And on various occasions throughout Jesus' adult life, uh, this group of leaders, the Pharisees, they often tried to kind of confront Jesus and outsmart him, either intellectually or kind of religiously, so to speak. They actually weren't the only group of people who did this. There was another quite well-known group at the time, another religious sect called the Sadducees. Uh, they also tried to catch Jesus out, and they would ask him various sort of questions about religion and how to uh, live life and stuff to do with the Jewish faith. And there's this one occasion that I want to talk about today. And it's a tough day for Jesus because on this particular uh, occasion, on this day, Jesus has been teaching to crowds and crowds of people. It's probably quite exhausting in itself. He's already been questioned by a group of Pharisees. 
Uh, he's managed to kind of answer those questions. Then he's grilled by a group of Sadducees who are asking all sorts of other, firing up all sorts of other questions at him. And he's managed to keep all of that at bay and satisfy their questions. But then this one man approaches Jesus. This man is a Pharisee, but just not, not any Pharisee. He's actually an expert in religious law. And he decides to put Jesus to the test. So he asks Jesus a question, which is actually meant to be a bit of a trick, a trick question. And he asks Jesus this. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What a question. Because here, this Pharisee is actually trying to outsmart Jesus. You know, the law he is referring to is, in fact, the whole of the Hebrew scriptures here, the Old Testament uh, part of the Bible that we have. So he's referring to those some 600-odd commands that, he, that they contain, and I'm sure that man knows incredibly well. It is a difficult question, if not an impossible one to answer, or so he thinks. Because Jesus is not actually caught off guard by this question. And in fact, he has a very wise reply. He replies this to the Pharisee. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This, he says, is the first and greatest commandment. And he goes on to say, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Wow. <laughs> I think the Pharisee would have been speechless at this moment. Because Jesus does something here that actually no one has ever really done. No religious leader has actually made this connection. Because Jesus is actually quoting their own religious text here. He is quoting the Hebrew scriptures. And out of all of those hundreds of commands, he picks out the most important one, but another one that is intrinsically linked to it. These two, he say, are the most important. And in doing this, Jesus gets to the very heart of what all of the commandments, all that law, the religious kind of rules are all about. They are all about loving God. And the reason that this is the most important command is that if we love God, and this is the connection that Jesus is making, if we love God, then we can also love others and love ourselves properly. It all starts with loving God. Those two commandments, those two rules go hand in hand. And it's actually what the Christian faith is all about. And actually where Jesus says we are to love God with all our heart, our soul, and mind. This just means that we're to love him with all that we are, with everything that we are. And actually in the Jewish worldview, this was a way of saying the whole person. Loving God isn't just an intellectual exercise. In fact, Chris talked about this last week. You know, it isn't just this intellectual sort of exercise. It isn't about rules, rule keeping, as perhaps it may have been for the Pharisees in Jesus' day. It isn't about doing all sorts of various religious activities either. And it wasn't even really about keeping that huge list of commands. Because actually no human being is able to keep all of those commands. No one other than Jesus, because he is perfect. But... What the commands, what the law all point to is actually that our calling is to love God. To love God and to love others. That's what they're all about. 
That is their purpose, and that is why they exist. And this is where the Pharisees had completely missed the point. They'd gotten so caught up about rules and rituals that they, they forgot what the meaning of them was. They didn't make space for God. Jesus is actually saying here that true religion is about loving God. That's where it starts. It's about relationship and not rules. And yes, it's true, isn't it? We do need rules. We need rules to help and protect and cultivate that relationship. We need guidelines and boundaries. And in fact, we have so many amazing guidelines in the Bible and a way to live our life. But we are not to get so distracted by them that we become task orientated in our faith. It's easy, isn't it, to schedule in activities in our life. It's easy to schedule in religious activities even. And we don't even need to think perhaps what they're all about or what faith is really about. It's easy to go through the motions of whatever routine we might be used to when it comes to our faith. Maybe we go from a Sunday to Sunday without really encountering God or reflecting on what we're doing. Maybe we do things that we know as followers of Jesus we are called to do. But maybe we've forgotten the reason that we do them. During the past uh, two years or so, as we've really all had to kind of deal with the crisis of the pandemic and adapt to what that means for us for everyday life, we've had a unique opportunity here as a church community to reflect on what we do and why we do it. And that's what we've been doing as kind of staff and leadership teams here at ABC. And as a result, we decided to do things a little bit differently. We have taken deliberate steps to help people to connect with God and encounter him more deeply and more regularly. And that has been the driving force behind lots of things that we have done during this time. You know, right at the start of the pandemic, when it really affected the UK, we decided early on that we wanted to take our services and what we do as a church online. This was a big step for us. And the reason that we did this is because we don't want there to be any barriers for people who are exploring faith and want to connect with God. And we're passionate about that. And so if you're joining us and connecting with us online today, we are so grateful because we want to make it as easy and as accessible as possible for people to encounter God. And that is really our heart here. You know, and now we can gather in person and that is amazing and we love that. You know, we want to continue to put our resources into connecting and reaching people online because it goes way beyond a locality and geographical boundaries too. In this time also, we've started to kind of decided to meet more regularly to pray together. And we've had these monthly online prayer gatherings that have been a real source of strength to us during this time. And they've actually helped to bring us closer to God as a community, which has been amazing. And other ways we wanted to connect with people was also during the week, during the everyday and the ordinary, beyond the Sunday, reflecting on the fact that faith is more than something that we do on a, a Sunday morning or for a few hours in the week. It's a lifestyle. It's 24-7. It's every day. 
And we've done that. We've used our, we have an online Facebook group that we love kind of connecting with each other and encouraging each other in our faith on. But we've also started uh, making daily devotional videos and putting these up online uh, every day. And these have been a great way that we've been able to encourage us all to connect with God each and every day too. And I just wanted to share all of that really just for encouragement, because as I reflected on that this week, I was just amazed at I think the way that God has been moving through our community and through all of us during what has been an incredibly difficult time. But I think we have gone deeper in our relationship with God together. And isn't that amazing? And actually, as I reflect on this, you know, routines and patterns and schedules are not bad things, are they? You know, we really need these things. I really rely on them for my life. But we need to remember what their purpose really is, especially when it comes to our faith. If we're scheduling in things that are important, like spending time with God or in connect groups or reading our Bible or praying, we need to remember that it's not about the schedule. It's about that space to be with God and to go deeper in our faith. You know, that's our heart, as I've mentioned here at ABC, is to help each other connect with God and go deeper on that journey. And I have been so encouraged to see just the ways that people have wanted to reach out and connect during this time. And if ultimately our faith is about loving God, then there's a hard truth in there that you can't love what you don't know. You can't love what you don't know. So we need to take the time, don't we, to get to know God so that we can really love him. We need to make space in our lives for God. We need to make room for God so that we can encounter him we can get to know this amazing God who created this universe who made each of us the amazing God who loves us more than we could ever imagine and who loves us so much that he stepped down into the mess of this world as a human being as his son Jesus so that we could get to know him even more deeply You know, that is also the reason that we do gather together on a Sunday, isn't it? It's not because that's the only way to encounter God, but it is an amazing way we can encounter God together. It's why we sing and we pray and we hear God's word. But the desire behind that is that we then take that into each day of our life. It encourages us to pursue God and to connect with him every single day. And I just, it's my prayer for us, I think, as a church, that we just each in our heart desire that connection with God, desire that relationship with God. And I know that God is always there. He wants to be in our lives. He wants that deep relationship with us. So it's not all down to us because he pursues us too. And he is there and he wants that deep and intimate relationship with us. So ultimately, it's about knowing God because we can't love what we don't know. And if we know God and if we love God, then we're able to love others and love ourselves. And I think the world will be a much better place for it. Let's pray. Loving God, we just thank you for, for who you are. Maybe for some of us 
here today or connecting with us. We're not really sure who you are. But we thank you, Lord, that there are so many ways that we can encounter you and get to know you. There are so many ways that we can just see you at work in the world around us through your creation, in our relationships with others. And most importantly, Lord, through a relationship with Jesus. So just pray, Lord, you open our hearts now as we have a time to worship you, that we would make space and make room for you in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. <laughs>